All right, welcome everybody. This is the first episode of a podcast to be named later. I'm Eric Zborniak, sitting here with Frank Parks. Hello, hello. We just wanted to kind of give a quick intro and, you know, what we're doing here. Um, originally, I'm from Ann Arbor, born and raised a Michigan fan. Go Blue. Uh, I remember going to games, oh boy, as long as I can remember. Back with my buddies, we used to sit in the uh, south end zone with the flagpole right across from Pioneer. And then I ended up going to Pioneer and continued going to Michigan games and, and still now with Jim Harbaugh and Rune on. So a long heritage of the ups and downs for Michigan over the 90s and the 2000s. So, And then Frank, what's your, uh, what's your tie-in here? So I'm also from Michigan. I uh, started out in Grand Haven, moved to the UP where there's a uh, disappointing number of Wisconsin Badgers fans. Oh. But uh, my love for Michigan comes from five generations of Michigan alumni. Uh, in my family, I'm actually the first of my family to not go to Michigan. Ooh. The family disappointment there. The but uh, my very first Michigan game was, as a matter of fact, Michigan Notre Dame in 1997. Wow! The year they won the national championship. And so you're like a good luck charm. That was I'm hearing. Uh, that I would I would say so because one of my next Michigan games was uh, the first. Of the Rich Rod era, <laughs> so you know, and that went so just well, went right uphill from there. Yeah. But uh, as I think people our age, it was really disappointing to be. We grew up on Lloyd Carr and the top five ranked Michigan Wolverines through our entire probably childhood and early yep. high school. Yeah. And then we get old enough to actually tailgate and experience more more of the college atmosphere, and we've got. Rich Rodriguez. Yeah, it was really hard branching out and going off to college and hitting the meat of the Rich Rod years, mm. and then you know continuing on to Michigan State's rise and all that. So, discussions for a later podcast: yeah. uh, the demise the, of the program, the which has been you know <laughs> definitely documented over and over. Shout out to John U. Bacon and his delightful books on those. But um, so another thing that we want to do here is because we are both Michiganders, uh, you know we bleed maize and blue. Uh, we're drinking some good old Michigan beer while we're doing this. So, Frankie, what did you pick for today's six-pack? So, for today's six-pack, I picked the Backyard Session IPA, which, as a matter of fact, is the perfect beer if you like to do stuff. They, they said so themselves. <laughs> it's made in Saugatuck, Michigan. And, boy, is it a great beer if you want to have a few of them. Mm, Saugatuck. We just went there. Uh, Shout-out to Phil's Bar. Phenomenal. I'll repeat it. Phenomenal Wings. And fish tacos. So I've heard. I haven't uh, been myself, but I've, I've heard it's a beautiful city. Yeah. And uh, my selection tonight is Corktown Rye IPA, sponsored by Atwater Brewery, one of our sponsors today. One of our many sponsors. <laughs> uh, they don't know it yet, but they're sponsoring this okay. podcast. I so it. They ain't paying me for it. Yep. This is, uh, this is very similar to like a Red's Rye from Founders, for any of you who've had that before. But... All right, anywho, uh, we hope to walk our way through uh, the 2005 Michigan season. We're going to take snapshots of the NCAA football landscape every week, and then we're going to kind of do a uh, deep dive into the Michigan game that week. So um, as many of you know, this was one of Lloyd Carr's final seasons. I think he had two more after this. Uh, so we'll kind of go into the ins and outs of it and what's happening around uh, the, the NCAA and um, we'll go from there. The first cut is the deepest 
Okay, as we mentioned, we're going to kind of give a snapshot of the college football landscape every week. Uh, for week one, we wanted to kind of give uh, what happened in the offseason, you know, catching you up on what happened not only with Michigan, but with all the other college football teams. First off, there was major conference realignment. Some notables, Cincinnati and Louisville headed to the Big East. Um, you know, this was kind of the first kickoff of what we've seen more recently with all these major conferences realigning. Uh, for us, the Big Ten, later we would add Nebraska, Rutgers. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that's the appropriate <laughs> response. So, Frank, my question to you is, if we could realign the Big Ten again, what would you want to see? Well, uh, there's nothing I want to see more than Rutgers leaving the Big Ten. Mm, you don't like them being kind of like a punching bag? No. Uh, because I I think we have enough punching bags. I think. Uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Indiana now. Who are you thinking? Indiana now. I guess uh, Northwestern. I don't know. Mm. Probably Northwestern now. They had their days, but. Uh, well, I mean, Trevor Simeon's really tearing it up in in at Denver true. right now. That's so true. they're showing out. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are showing out in the quarterback position at the very least. But uh, I think what I would like to see. And I think would be very interesting, although they're not necessarily a Big Ten style formation. Iowa State, I think, would be a good addition to the Big Ten. Oh, I like it. Uh, just because they're not god awful. Yep. Like Rutgers. Yep. Uh, but they're not, you know. I think they would be a nice, uh, almost a Indiana circa 2012 sort of a team. Yeah. Where they're not bad, but they're kind of a different look at football as opposed to the. Pro formation straight ahead. I love it. You you automatically add in the rivalry game with Iowa. Yep. Uh, you get a little you know feistiness with Nebraska out that way. Yeah, that's a really good add. Uh, I would love that. You bring in the great heritage of um, Seneca Wallace. Seneca Wallace. <laughs> great, great Iowa State alums. Yes, yes. All that's the famous a, Iowa State alums. Seneca Wallace. That's a deep cut. Yep. It's, <laughs> you know, the first cut is the deepest. Is really what it is. <laughs> So, okay, that's a great ad. Um, anyone else? If not, I'll jump to mine, I think. You know... You took out Rutgers. I did. And so I, you, Okay, so so that's that's one switch. Is there anyone else you'd take out? I, I would guess? take out... I think I think I would take out Maryland. And mm-hmm. not, not necessarily because they're awful. They're not great, but uh, they're just... That's just not Big Ten football. I they're, hear you. They are one of the most Eastern... I mean, put them... I'd put them in the Ivies before Big Ten. I'm right there with you. And and the whole like excuse for, oh, brings in cable viewers from the New York, New Jersey area. I don't want cable viewers from the <laughs> New York, New Jersey area. <laughs> that, and that's not even going to be a thing in another 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, who, who cares? I mean, good for Delaney and the Big Ten for raking in these huge um, you know, paydays yeah, right now. For the three years that, Great. <laughs> that they have him. Right, but it's not going to... You know that's not going to continue. Yeah. So who really cares? Eventually, when you're you're watching some internet stream, it's just going to be from wherever. It's not going to be. So. It's not going to be cable. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip the obvious for my addition, which would be Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think it's realistic. They're always probably going to be their independent or whatever their ACC leaning independent status. Um, obviously that'd be an awesome ad, Notre Dame. Uh. For like a rival fan base, super nice. Yeah, and like kind of intelligent about their football Very team nice and stuff. And good. I I would I would add the caveat of get rid of Brian Kelly. 
and, and then you can come to the Big Ten. And this is from, might I just throw in a little note here, this is from two Grand Valley graduates. So we love Brian Kelly. Well, love. He did a lot of good stuff for Grand Valley. Yeah, he's he's crazy he there. He did. And uh, for that matter, Cincinnati. He did great with Cincinnati. But then you know what? He came up to the big show. And he's just crazy. Sorry, we had a beer spill here. <laughs> I, I, uh, the Corktown Rye IPA is a little foamy. And I don't understand why. It's really just me having the problem. Yeah, so Atwater, you know, what are you going to do for us? Yeah. As, as our valued sponsor, <laughs> really. Some free IPAs. Yeah. I, realistically. I think so as well. Um, okay, so I'm skipping Notre Dame. That's the obvious, right? That's kind of yeah. everyone's want. They already kind of have Everybody a... Everybody really wants Notre Dame, yep. even though right now they kill quarterbacks. But yeah. that's fine. Very much so. Um, I'm going to go with Pitt. Yeah. You I know, think... that's, that's not a bad addition. Um, they are I, they are not a good football team, but they are certainly Midwest. Yep. I think that they could have state rivalry, which is not necessarily a rivalry, I suppose, because it's it's not a game, really. But ah, They beat them last year, though. That's true. You know, I know Penn that's State true. kind of took it to them this year, but last year Pitt ended up winning. Yeah. Uh, that is an inconsistent Penn State team. And you know what? You're absolutely right. And they could come up. That's a good rivalry. Yeah, that's a good rivalry. Their basketball team solid, which would be a good yeah. addition to the bat. I mean, I'm not just thinking purely football here. Narduzzi, as much as we dislike him as, you know, Michigan fans. I like him out of the Big Ten. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, maybe. Welcome on back, Narduzzi. Yeah, bring it back. He's I, still not with Michigan State. Yeah, so. no kidding. I think he's a good coach there. Um, so anyways, okay. So that was conference realignment. Another big thing in the offseason this year. Steve Spurrier heads back to South Carolina. Oh, Steve. Welcome back, the old ball coach. Oh, Steve. And in honor of Steve Spurrier coming back to the game cost, which, by the way, he did way better than I thought he was ever going to do there. Um, a couple yeah. SEC championships. You know, he actually made their program relevant. Uh, and I just don't think... He did. Honestly, I didn't think it was in the cards, especially after how poorly he did in Washington. That just that wasn't his place. Mm-mm. His place is at home amongst the cocks. Yeah, those game cocks. I think so. I think here's my you know kind of unscientific theory on Steve Spurrier is NFL coaches have to work 80, 90 hours a week, and I think Steve Spurrier kind of just wanted to be the old ball coach, right? Like I think he just kind of wanted to do his thing and yuck it up with the media and and be an awesome college coach and that's fine right like if that's what your want is so i really think I, I think that's kind of what the major you know challenges were for him in the pro game anywho in honor of steve spurrier coming back to south carolina we are going to run through a top five potential coaches headgear list uh, this is in honor of, of course, the famous Steve, Steve Spurrier visor. Frank, would you like to uh, lead us off? I'll start off uh, at least with one, and I think this is just this is a little specific because it's really only one coach that mm-hmm. I want to see wear this. Okay. But I uh, I want to see Lincoln Riley in a flat brim snapback. Oh, all because right. <laughs> As the youngest coach yeah. in college football, I want him to act as such, and I want him to kind of get his uh, 
who is that? I want him to get his Jordan speed on, oh, so to speak. Very nice. Is there a brand that you would like him to rep? Ah. I mean, is it just going to be Texas Tech, or is it like a another like a Vans? Maybe yeah, maybe like a Vans or like a, a <laughs> what is that? Uh, RVCA oh, or whatever the whatever these fucking kids are wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, l- I love it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, so that's your number five. My number five. You know what? I like the just the classic snow hat. I'm talking snow, like uh, it, like, like a, a in, beanie with a little little ball on top. Uh, it can have a ball. It cannot have a ball. Okay. I always like seeing because you know with me Midwest football, I imagine kind of inclement weather. I yeah. like seeing the coach kind of looking cold. Um, you know, I think I remember somebody wearing that. It wasn't college, but uh, I believe when he was coaching the Bears, Lovey Smith would oh. wear. Well, uh, he's back at Illinois now, he so is, he's why is back he, in Illinois. There you go. Maybe he he'll bring put, it back. Uh, put put the took on, as we say in the UP. There you go. <laughs> cover his big bald head. <laughs> okay, number four for you, Frank. Number four. Uh, I I want to see Saban put that sun hat on again. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. The I, checkered one. Is that what you're mm-hmm, thinking of? Yeah. And he had the big. Looked like he owned a plantation or something. Yeah, that that's about right. He probably does. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I uh, yeah, really nothing more on that. I just want to see the sun hat on Nick Saban again. I think that kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. All right, number four for me, the visor. Yeah. I mean, you know what, Spurrier uh, definitely rocks it well, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm actually kind of interested in maybe a little variation of the visor, even like um, mm-hmm. your bookie type visor, the green. Oh, the yeah, like yeah, the, the poker player. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe somewhere something like it doesn't have to that. be a team visor, right? Like I think um, after Spurrier, Gus Malzahn at Auburn really has kind of taken over the visor uh, role. You know, the, yeah. he's the he's kind of the the big honcho of the visor role now, and uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I don't know that he's wearing it well. No. I think he could be doing a better job as the uh, the the flagship visor wearer of the NCAA. I think he could be carrying it better. I happen to agree. All right, number three. Number three, uh, for me at the very least, I think would be uh, going with your your Midwestern theme, kind of. Have you ever seen those, and I'm going back to the flat brim, but have you seen those flat brims hats that you wear that have ear flaps that you can pin <laughs> to the top and then also bring them back down. Okay, yes. Unfortunately, and, I have seen that. See, and I think that they originally started as kind of a, a fashion sort of a thing, but mm. they're exactly the opposite of that. And I would love to see Jim Harbaugh wear it because oh. he would look absolutely ridiculous, and that's how we like him. Uh, would he wear it in khaki, though? That is the real... A, a khaki colored hat. Yeah. I think maybe the flaps khaki. Oh, I like but, it. But the hat itself is still the, the, the traditional, the uh, his his skinny block M that he has. Perfect. Okay. All right. Uh, my number three. I will go with the beer drinker hat. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Tell me. You're telling me. <laughs> you don't see like Hugh Freeze or or, or well someone who's not kicked out of football. Uh. <laughs> Someone else. Yeah, you're sort of, telling me. Sort of, sort of the John Daly of uh, yeah football coaches. Uh, and you know what? I think I'd feel a little bit better if my coach was like, I don't know, a little boozed up. Yeah. Some of these conservative Big Ten coaches. You're telling me Kirk Ferentz couldn't couldn't benefit from a couple beers here and there. I mean, on, yeah. Go for it on fourth and two a little more. Go exactly. Ahead. Thank you. You're telling me he couldn't go for a back session yard IPA from Sogtug Brewing Coming pending out of a sponsor. <laughs> 
Oh, he doesn't wash those straws. No. 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 Kirk Perrins, no. I don't think you can wash those straws. It's not what they're made for. No, it is not. (laughs) So that's my number three. All right, number two, Frank. Oh, that's an excellent number three. Okay. Thank you. I I wasn't prepared for that. I think uh, for my number two, because we're really getting up there now. Yep. um, I really got to go with... uh, what is it called? This is this is where I'm getting upset that I can't just kind of show it. Because it's a very visual <laughs> podcast. Like, yeah. Shout out to Emgo Blog! Yes, shout out. I, uh, I, I have excellent imagery, by the way, with showing this. Um, sort of the uh, the old school football helmet, like the leather. <laughs> leather football a helmet. A leather head? To, yeah, just to completely, like, complete the crazy. I sure. Think. Uh, and, I mean, you could... You could give it to all manner of coaches, and I, I could certainly see. I, I guess more from a basketball standpoint, I could see a Bobby Knight type wearing oh, that. Absolutely, just absolutely completely crazy. But uh, you know what? I could also see Franklin wearing that over at Penn oh, State, just definitely. because, just because he's a dunce, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be getting as many Franklin shots in in this podcast as I can. Yes, that is. So that be is. ready for that. Uh, you know that's encouraged. That's funny. That reminds me of a little tangent. That reminds me of the George Clooney movie Leatherheads. Oh, you know I never saw that movie. Well, neither did I. Okay. I yeah. remember it being advertised <laughs> enough. I do. I remember that as well. I uh, I actually got it confused with Invictus. Oh, a couple times. Of which course. Silly me. Of course. And the Ides of March. Right. Oh, the no? Ides of March. <laughs> Great movie. Though. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Classic George Clooney. Yeah. Anywho, number two for me. Um, you perhaps. Oh yeah, yeah. Stormy Cromer. Yeah, um, D'Antonio. I think I think he would wear it yeah. if Izzo gifted it to him. Is yeah. the big thing. That would be yeah. It would be kind of like the uh, the gift of you you can wear this this UP pride. Yep. I think maybe Steve Mariucci would be watching from the oh, stands. Oh, Mariucci would very love proud. It. Love it. Like a proud father. And it, you know what? It's just like an efficient hat. Again. Yeah. You know it's. Uh, it's very warm, I can tell you, as a semi-official youper. Yeah. Uh, it's stylish. Well, <laughs> to some. <laughs> very, very stylish. Let's let's keep that in check. But I like that. That's your uh, that's your number two. Number two. All right, Frank, okay. and your number one. My final number one pick. Uh, I'm gonna defer to you because I want to hear yours. Oh well, I'm gonna blow your mind with it. Okay. And I think I, I, <laughs> so this is what I was afraid of. I didn't want to uh, go ahead of this. You don't want to steal my thunder. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, I think as a Michigan fan, uh, you know, we can all agree, my number one headgear would be a headset for Brady Hoke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) A very specific and yet very necessary. I I, I think I'd prefer a a Kevorkian scarf for Brady Hoke. (laughs) That's just me. It's just my personal opinion. Well, you know. It was fun while it lasted. Was it? Not really. All right, number one, Frank. What you got? Uh, this is Okay, so this isn't necessarily this, – this is almost the full sort of a thing, and this comes because I'm a baseball fan. Mm. And, and in baseball, the uh, the managers wear the same uniform. So I, I would love to see the coach suit up <laughs> in an entire football uniform, helmet and everything, 
And maybe he's got a little headset in there, a little earpiece in his phone. He can put a put a green sticker on the back of his helmet if you want. But uh, that is phenomenal. I want to see it. That's you know what unity. Uh, of course Harbaugh would do that. Oh, He'd be the first guy. He already wears the cleats. He's still got his. Yeah, I guarantee he still got he his. He probably helmet. wears a cup during the game too. Mm-hmm. Especially with all those aggressive hand signals that he's doing. That's yeah. Oh, okay. dangerous not to. No, it would be. All right, that was a good top five. Other big hits from the offseason. Urban Meyer heads to Florida, frowny face. Uh, after his undefeated Utah campaign, Ugh. Alex Smith going number one to the 49ers after that. Yeah. So how Alex, about that? The cannon of Alex Smith. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just noodle arm Alex oh, yeah. Smith. But that Utah team was really, really good. Was it very good? T- Who else did they have? Did they have any other uh, NFLs? Oh, that's NFLers? Good, that's a good question, Frank. Future. <laughs> Research <laughs> to be added. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Keith Van Horn? Nah, that's on their basketball team. Okay. <laughs> and then, Unrelated, uh, bringing it back to now, uh, Drake Harris moving to basketball. I saw that. Yeah. Um, well, okay, we'll we'll bring that up another. I have a lot of Drake Harris feelings, so right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> well, See, time. he's very close to our hearts here in Grand Rapids. Yes, yes, that, very close. Uh, okay, other major hits. Charlie Weiss goes to Notre Dame. Oh, I no. have a smiley face here in, in my notes. <laughs> yes. Pour one out for old Charlie. Yes. Uh, Charlie. Obviously, the thing I think we all remember is the tactical tactical advantage quote. Um, God, what an awesome. What? The balls on that guy. Just to be like, you know what? In every game, we're going to have a tactical advantage. He was uh, if 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 I can make if I can be so bold as to make this comparison, he was the uh, the the riverboat run of uh, oh. of the NCAA. Perfect. Perhaps a, 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 a you know ahead of his time. Is, yes, is really. He was. He was a pioneer. Are they still paying him his contract? I think they are. I, I think they owe not. him like a couple more years of multi-million dollar. I believe it. And at this point, I they, they should welcome him back. Seriously. Oh, can you imagine if they rehired him oh as, like, an offense coordinator? I'd be so happy. Yeah. They'd, <laughs> they'd bring Michigan back real quick. Oh, my goodness. And they just, they're just they just out the tactical gurus back, Mr. Weiss. What <laughs> oh, is he? Mr. I don't know. Is, is he even coaching anywhere? I don't think so. Uh, that's a great question. Because he, uh, he had a, a pro stint. Well, yeah. So, after Notre Dame, he was with Kansas. Mm-hmm. They went, like, winless. Are you looking it up right now? <laughs> I am. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's in like the, he did, the Canadian football league. Kansas City Chiefs, and then he uh, was targeted by Will Muschamp in <laughs> can you guess 2010 for to be the OC at Florida. Oh man! <laughs> Wait, did he get hired? Uh, well, see, he he did. In fact, uh, he left and. His tenure was broadly criticized after the team finished ranked 102nd nationally <laughs> with just 334 yards per game. Uh, that sounds about right. And then he went to Kansas. Oh, I <laughs> forgive me. In uh, the 2011 football season, he was fired on September 28, 2014, mm. which is a lot farther than I thought he was going to make it. Yeah. And uh, there is there are direct quotes in this Wikipedia article that I'm on currently. He was fired... September 28th, 2014, for quote-unquote lack of on-field progress. <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> so that's uh, Charlie Weiss. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. That's him in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, a little, another fun fact. Uh, he underwent gastric bypass surgery. Uh, he pulled a Rex Ryan. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I just had one other note from this this Charlie Weiss era. Um, I used to have this background on my computer. It's this awesome picture of Sean Crable standing over Brady Quinn after he just like wrecks him into the dirt. God, Brady Quinn. Oh yeah, heartthrob Brady. Yeah, Quinn. really, really was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he unfortunately got followed up by the Mongoloid. Uh, <laughs> God, I don't even remember his name. It's Jimmy Clausen. Jimmy Clausen. That guy. The Hills Have Eyes himself, Jimmy yeah, Clausen. That, that guy is a something. i got to bring Charlie back up again. I've got another uh, oh, little, please. little fun fact here. Well, this, you know what? This whole podcast is a Charlie Weiss podcast. It's actually, dedicated to Charlie Weiss. Yep. Uh, when playing against Michigan hmm. on September 13th, 2008, one of Notre Dame's players, John Ryan, ran into Charlie Weiss by accident. Weiss tore his anterior cruciate ligament and his medial collateral ligament in the process and had to undergo surgery Jeez. <laughs> from getting ran into by one of his players, John Ryan, who, by the way, does not even have a link on Wikipedia. Mm, ouch, he's not a blue. He's not a, <laughs> he's there's not no blue. blue. There's no blue. That's rough. The, uh, <laughs> the unnamed John Ryan. I feel... <laughs> You know what? Honestly, just quick tangent. I'm not. I'm surprised there's not more injuries with how close football players stand yeah. to the sideline. Oh yeah. I mean that happened. Uh, happened with Joe Pa. Joe Pa. That one year. Mike Tice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, the Joe Pa thing. Lavar. Or I'm sorry. Who hit him? He was. Oh, he's on oh, the Lions. It was, uh, it was the Lions yeah, linebacker. Yeah. It was. Oh shit. He went to it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin, and he yeah. said it's his favorite thing he ever yeah. did. <laughs> Oh, what did he call him, too? <laughs> it's like that skis ball or something, that asshole or something. So glad I ran into that scumbag or something. Yeah, like yep, yep, yep. It was oh, a levy. God. It yeah. was levy. Yep, DeAndre Levy. Made him love him anymore. All righty. That's it. Coming up next, a recap of the 2004 Michigan football season. This is segment three. This is where we are going to recap briefly the 2004 Michigan football season. So, in the previous season, Michigan went 9-3, and three, losing to Texas in the Rose Bowl. Ugh. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Disappointing. Yeah, honestly, Vince Young, probably the scariest football player I've ever seen in college. Um, just, yeah, I think in terms of just how far ahead he was of everyone athletically. Oh my goodness. And... Mentally, anytime that guy got out of the pocket, it was just like hold on to your butts. Yeah. Because it was, it was, yeah. It's bad. <sighs> oh, I remember in that game, it was just super frustrating. Um, Texas's kicker nailed some long kicks to just bring him ahead. Oh, so, uh, now that you mention that, do you happen to remember Texas's kicker's name? I, no, I so, don't. Sorry. <laughs> well, let me uh, let me bring this up for you because. It's a good one. Texas's kicker, who made uh, the extra point and several other field goals during that game, number 14, Dusty Magnum. <laughs> what a phenomenal Texas football player. Dusty Magnum. Oh, that is excellent. 
That oh, that's like a caricature of yeah. a Texas football oh, player. Oh, and an instant state celebrity. I'd love a bobblehead personally. Yes. Dusty Magnum. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, actually, I would, I'm happy to do it. Oh, I'd be remiss if we did not mention our sponsor, potential sponsor. Potential sponsor. Atwater and Saga Tuck Brewing. Also, very real sponsor, Peak Aerial Imaging. For yes. all of your imaging needs located here in Michigan, check them out. They do good stuff. Yeah. Anywho, so we end the 2004 season on that sour note, losing to Texas. And, of course, they will go on in the 2005 season to beat USC in that thriller of a game. Uh, Michigan also loses Braylon, Marlon Jackson, mm. and Ernest Shazer from the team. Yeah, and uh, we uh, Braylon Edwards lost him off the face of the earth because... <clears throat> He had that one good Cleveland Browns year, and that was about it. Is is there a good Cleveland Browns year? Uh, you know, <laughs> it, relatively relatively speaking, so, you can have a decent Cleveland Browns year. But seeing Braylon Edwards, I, I you you were talking about the scariest college football players that you've yes. seen. He is not mine personally, but he was up there just in terms of. Uh, I mean, he was he was almost Calvin Johnson like in terms of throw it. In his general vicinity, and he's he's gonna catch it. He's yeah. got a couple guys around if, him. He's gonna catch it. If I were a Michigan State fan, I would rank him number one. That's for sure. Yeah. I saw Braylon Edwards a couple years ago at a tailgate. The dude has bulked up. I believe it. I mean, like Dr. Dre bulked up. <laughs> he's huge but now. Why though? I just <laughs> couldn't tell you. Didn't ask him. Didn't have. Yeah. Didn't have the gumption well, to go up to him. And go, hey man, why are you like 260 right now? <laughs> what's the deal? What's, what's the, the What's the deal? I'm just curious. Like what's I'm not. Do- I'm not dogging you for it. I'm just yeah. curious. Maybe they want to put him on TV again. He wants to look good. <laughs> he's gonna look like a freaking brick house. Is yeah. what he's gonna look like. Um, okay, so those are major departures. Michigan comes into the 2005 season ranked fourth overall. Head coach Lloyd Carr, of course, uh, the most monotone man. <laughs> In the Ann Arbor area. Oh, yeah. Terry Malone is the offensive coordinator, and Jim Herman, mm. longtime defensive coordinator. Jim Herman's still going strong. Notable returning players. Henny, of course. Mm-hmm. Hart. Avant. Arrington. That's kind of major players on the offense, and some and some offensive linemen returning. And then on the defense, Alan Branch, Gabe Watson, Lamar Woodley, David Harris, Leon Hall, and, and most importantly. Who can forget... Who can forget Soltan Mesco? I mean, really. You know what really has kind of like kept me up at night? How he's not on an NFL team anymore. Thank you! Yeah. Dude, was just like the top punter in the Big Ten for yeah. like three years. Well, and you know what? He did fine with the Patriots. It's yeah. not like he didn't struggle in New England or anything like that. I think it was, uh, you know what? I think it was the name. <laughs> I think that they were... Uh, Mesco? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's, a weird name. <laughs> it's a weird name. And you know what? I'm a little upset. I didn't wear my Zoltan Mesco shirt. Oh, uh, yep. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Again, very visual po- podcast. Very visual podcast. Shout out, MGO Blog. <laughs> Can we just take a moment and kind of talk about how Avant's been the best Michigan pro receiver over the last 20 years? So, you mentioned this earlier, and I, I as soon as you said it, I, uh, I wanted... I wanted to dispute it. As soon as you said... It sounds wrong. Hey, you said it. It sounds said, wrong. No. No. Yeah, you're wrong. This, the Kansas City Chiefs? No. Uh, and then I started trying to think of a more successful receiver from Michigan. And uh, the closest I could come was Charles Woodson. <laughs> 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 so as far as, uh, as far as that goes... 
I guess you could make the argument that Braylon had his one really good year for Cleveland. He did, but that's, I mean, that's That's one year. How many total seasons did he play in the NFL? Three? Yeah. Three? Four or five? I mean, he had those, like, last two for the Jets Mm -hmm. that were really bad. You know who I think uh, may be kind of an up-and-coming, maybe not necessarily a a number one by any, he he has kind of an opportunity to be a Deshaun Jackson at Carolina. Because Funches? Yes, I think Devin Funches got it. Uh, can absolutely be a, a major producer. And you know what? He did pretty well last year. Yeah, for, he, he didn't do terrible. And with Greg Olson now, yeah. And you know they're trying to preserve Cam a little bit more. I could see that. Yeah. I passed Young him. Young receivers. Yes. I, I I did not pick him up in fantasy this week. Um. Fun fact. Could have. Could have. Probably <laughs> needed to. <laughs> Team's pretty bad, but mm-hmm. that's what you get. Anywho. All right, so those are kind of major returning starters. Uh, major takeaway, what a stacked front seven. That's that's a lot of pro talent there. You also have um, Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham is an uh, underclassman here, and he you know obviously becomes more important later on. <clears throat> but, yeah, what a, what an amazing front seven. I can't believe, like, Alan Branch is still in the league and Woodley yeah. and David Harris. And Leon Hall, dude, Leon Hall. Yeah. What a beast. Uh, I don't mean to to bring up the past here, but we were. Uh, well, that's what this whole podcast is about. That's so true. We're, about, <laughs> we're all about the past here. So we were uh, earlier. We were briefly noting on the, the uh, on Utah mm-hmm. and the, the the great Charlie Weiss and uh, the the professionals from Utah. There has been some research done. Would you like to take a guess? <laughs> I I honestly have nowhere to begin. Eric Weddle. Really? Yep. He was on that championship team? He was team? on the championship team. Or undefeated season you know, or whatnot? Yeah. As far as as far as the championship yeah, as you can get. Go white safeties. Go white safeties. Go Eric Weddle. And you know what? Go Charlie Weiss. <laughs> here's, here's to you, dude. Yeah, yeah, amen to that. <laughs> All right, when we come back, what you guys have been waiting for, the game recap. to segment four, the game recap of the 2005 Michigan season. So the first game this season was against Northern Illinois. Go Huskies, am I right? And curiously, in the second week of the season. Yeah, so neither one of us could really remember what... I'm guessing there was a, a game early, like on a Thursday. Yeah, because I can't, I can't imagine it was a, like a, a scheduled buy or anything. No, like that, that would seem... Perhaps it was like a... The only other thing I can think of is... Maybe there was a game canceled, right? Yeah. And so they just had an opening, yeah. and that's that's kind of what led it to Could it. Could have been one of those classic uh, Ann Arbor Hurricanes. Oh, classic. Um, so this game kind of seems a little closer than it was. It ends up being 33-17 with a Michigan victory. And honestly, before I started going back and looking at the game tape, I, I remember this being a game where I felt kind of nervous. And I'm not sure if it's been the last you know, 10 years of just close Michigan games or losses to, like, Mac schools, uh, kind of giving you that trepidation. But at first I thought, ooh, this was a game we had to really sweat out. And upon further review, not really the case. 
No, not really. And I mean, it, it was it was sort of one of those games where far and away better and bigger talents, not necessarily how it ended up on the scoreboard. Yep, absolutely. So we'll go over the offense a little first. Uh, some of the major takeaways that I had, awesome to see Mike Hart yeah. running in a Michigan U. I forgot how great that guy is. Oh my is. God, those shoulder pads? <laughs> It's like he stole them from one of the centers really? on the team. Really, he was just—they were outrageous, and it was like, um, like there's no reason for for you to have that big of shoulder pads. I I don't know why. No, and it it really really gives me a lot of pleasure watching him just truck guys. Yeah. Forty pounds yep. heavier than himself. And you know something else that it helped me kind of understand. Um, uh, Wilson last year, Will, Williams. The running back. The hell is Debian Smith. Debian, Jesus. <laughs> yes. yes, Ricky Williams. I knew it was an extremely common name. That's all I had. Debian Smith last year. Well, De- okay, Debian Smith last year and even the year before that, I would I would watch him run and I would see him and I would say, this is this is the next Marshawn Lynch. Oh, he just beast he, mode. He just runs angry yep. and he just bowls players over and you, there's nothing you can do against him. I don't know what ended up happening. I don't know if it was his build or if it was just his vision down the field, but it didn't pan out. And after watching Mike Hart, I think you kind of understand it because it's, I mean, he was sort of the same, but watching Mike Hart, it's it's night and day. I mean, yeah, effortless. He really <laughs> the way that Mike Hart would just make defensive backs look silly. <clears throat> yeah, he was really shifty. His vision was, I mean, his vision's great, right? And mm-hmm. and I understand why he didn't really pan out at the NFL without that elite speed. Yeah. But his vision's pretty awesome. <laughs> I follow him on Twitter right now. So he's on the Indiana yeah. coaching staff. Yeah. He's always tweeting out, like, go Hoosiers. Or uh, and when he was at Syracuse, he was doing the same thing. I'm like, all right, Mike Hart. Yeah. I love it, but come on. But yeah, come on. So that was really enjoyable to go back and, and see. He had a couple of big runs in this game. Mm-hmm. One notable one. He comes around the right side, just trucks a, a linebacker, and yeah. then keeps rolling down the sideline. It, uh, it was off the screen pass, I think. Yeah, yep. yep. So that was always enjoyable. Uh, another takeaway. Really nice uh, seeing Chad Henney move up in the pocket a lot. Or just move in general. Yes. I think it was yeah, that is. Kind of nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> No kidding, especially with you know stick and stand spate that we oh, got God. right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy that we're calling Chad any mobile because he is yeah. anything but. Because he's not, <laughs> but he is uh, compared to our uh, our old Wilton here. And I actually distinctly remember in this uh, Air Force game that we watched last Saturday, uh, I don't remember who it was, probably for my own sanity, but one of the announcers asked why Wilton Spate is not running more, <laughs> or why he's not. Uh, Becoming more mobile in the pocket, and uh, that I think any Michigan fan would kind of just pull their hair out. Yeah, obviously that guy didn't sport. read the scouting report. <laughs> <laughs> it's like asking Eli Manning to start scrambling. Right, right, right. Why is he moving around more? Because <laughs> uh, it looks like he has ankle weights on <laughs> as he's moving around. That's he can't why. Do it. He just can't do it. <laughs> but yeah, so the one thing I kind of took away is he he moves really well in the pocket. He kind of does that like. Tom, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady or Roethlisberger, but he moves around well in the pocket, um, and he he just like moves well. And <laughs> the other thing I I gotta imagine about that is Michigan actually had a good offensive line, so he had a pocket yeah. to move in. He did. He had a pocket and uh, a a well-rounded offensive line too, because I think I'm I'm not sure that they necessarily had 
uh, amazing cool uh, or, or anything like that, but they, they also didn't have a, a runyon right <laughs> on the other side or something like it was it was very well rounded all uh, all over and uh it was a very even pocket i think there was no shifting to the left or anything for you could just kind of sit back yep and eventually it would be anchored by jake long of course so yeah. i mean that is a that's a that's a pretty great line um another thing i noticed in watching some of the game clips dude henny just has this tendency where he like he taps the ball a couple times and then throws it as hard as he humanly can yeah. five yards down the field. It's, it's almost like the, the Stafford approach, except he, he keeps it over the shoulder. He, yes, he does a sidearm. The, uh, hey, did you know he plays with uh, he played with Clayton Kershaw growing up? Oh, is that, is that right? Is that right? Oh, were they on the uh, the same baseball team? Oh wow, I've never heard that little so uh, that little ditty little, before. Little anecdote that I don't think anyone's ever mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Certainly not ESPN. No, certainly not. So, no, that's another thing. Henny just, like, dude, just gunning it as yeah. hard as he possibly can. And I think that's almost a Michigan quarterback tradition. I mean, I, I, I need not bring up Ryan Mallett oh, <laughs> in, this, uh, in this discussion, but that's, uh, that's, I think that's kind of a Michigan thing at this point. And if you want to kind of – I don't know if we want to talk about Spade at all, but, I mean – it's 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 the sailing it kind of high across the middle tendency right now that's really driving me crazy. It's incredibly frustrating, and it's uh I, I think the most frustrating part about Spate, um you'll you'll forgive us for getting current for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. He will I, I he will play a game. I will mention several things and, and I'll say he's not sticking the pocket. He's not setting his feet before he throws, and. Uh, even though he's making good decisions, he's not hitting his target. And then after the game, uh, we will see. We'll interview Wilton Spate, and he'll say, "You know what? I wasn't setting my feet. You know what? I'm just not hitting my targets." Ah, uh, yeah. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And you're doing like, wrong. "Well, Wilton, what are you doing?" Yeah. Dude? And then there's no correction whatsoever. Right. He he's uh, the frustrating part. I think is how good of how how smart of a player he is, and how good of a play caller he is, because it's. All execution. All of his problems are execution. I will agree with that. That is one thing he, I believe he has great command of the offense right now. Like yep. Plays each checking into. He knows oh, where yeah. to go with it. Well, so. At any rate, that is the, the Henny. Like, you know, I was watching this game in like five different times. He takes his receivers off their feet. Because they're yeah. just trying to catch this freaking cannon shot. This laser. And Henny kind of did the same thing too. He made very good decisions. With who he gave the ball to, yeah, I think, but he just he just didn't give it to them well. Oh my goodness, it's so frustrating to watch sometimes. Uh, have you seen his mustache in Jacksonville right now? Currently, uh, I haven't. But oh my goodness, uh, I think I might avoid that. Well, um, just a hint. It's a type of bicycle handle. It's a handlebar um, mustache. It is okay. a handlebar mustache. It's a hand. It's it is impressive. Okay. Yeah, and the mere fact of that, he should be starting over. Blake Bortles. I, I think I should be starting over. <laughs> I just, I just don't know. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna steal a, a very clever. Twitter trolls comment mm. just, just for the sake of humor in this podcast. But Please. recently, uh, there have been some hurricanes in Florida. Yep. And uh, Blake Bortles tweeted that his power went out in his house, and he uh, actually tweeted that he played darts by himself. For an hour and a half. 
Who the hell plays darts right now? First of all, who the hell plays darts? Even if you're bored, like... I mean, okay, you're Blake Bortles. Right, don't you have some dudes who you're hanging out with Yeah, you've got some buddies over, or, like, even if you don't... You got, like, a foosball table or something? Probably ping pong? You got a bunch of money, like, you got... You've got probably a, an Xbox or something like you know, and maybe you don't have internet, but play the newest whatever that's coming out. You're but, telling me he doesn't have a generator at his house, right? You're not gonna that's, like, yeah, turn something on. Right. But we're we're you know okay, we, we digress. Sorry, <laughs> we sorry. We digress. The uh, my favorite comment to this was <laughs> Blake Bortles is making this these uh, <laughs> these tweets about throwing darts all day and. Uh, a Twitter commenter goes, the poor Walt behind his dartboard. <laughs> just just a, an essence of, a, why is he starting? Why is he a starting quarterback in the NFL? I don't know. <clears throat> and over, because I mean, there are, you know, there are starting quarterbacks in the NFL that they're bad. They're very bad, but you understand why they're the starters. Because right. you look and it's, you know, it's uh, the Jacoby Brissett to Scott yeah. Tolzien sort of a situation. Yeah, that's not their fault. I mean, right. they have luck and they're just saddled with a backup. Exactly. But you've, you've got Chad Henney, and I'm not saying that he's by any means an elite quarterback or any sort of a decent quarterback, but he's not Blake Bortles. He's not Blake. He can rifle a ball across the middle for you. Yeah. yeah. He can hand it off to Leonard Fournette 30 times a game, that's all. I'm sure he can. Okay, any other Henney comments from this game? He had a good game. His eventual game. stat line was 20 of 31 for 227 yards and mm-hmm. two touchdowns. That's 8.6 yards an attempt. I mean, that's really good, right? Like, that's pretty much all Big Ten numbers. Yeah. I realize it's against a depleted Northern Illinois secondary. Um, but but it's it's first game of the season. So right. he's, you know, the kind of green receivers, and he's a little green himself. I mean, he's, he's a returning quarterback, but it's still the first game that you're playing. Right, and for all of you who don't remember, this is only his sophomore season. Yes. So, Although he was a highly rated recruit, and he came in and played a lot of his freshman year, um, you know, again, true sophomore. So I would say that was a good overall. Okay, so that was Henny from that. I mean, obviously, we got to talk about our boy, Mike Hart, a little bit more. Yeah. I know we talked about him, you know, running over some guys bigger than him. He's a bruiser. He is. It's crazy to me. Okay, so another tailgating story. I told you I saw Braylon. He's all mm-hmm. holed up. I've seen Mike Hart before. So I'm only five, uh, we'll say 5'10 in shoes. 5'9 <laughs> <laughs> on a good day. I am a good two inches taller than Mike Hart. Yeah. But that guy. He's not a big fella. Oh, he is. His. He's dense. Oh, my goodness. Like a black hole. Yeah. His thighs are like my torso. Yeah. It's It's ridiculous. It's 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 just unbelievable. It's so a, it's a little insane, I think, how the leg. He's he's a short, stout machine. He is. It's you know it's that leg power. It's there's multiple clips of him just churning away. Yeah. In this game where he's got a guy on him, you're like, oh, that's a that's a two. Nope, it's a four yard. It's a five yard gain. Like. Yeah. An underrated skill. I mean, he, he really just keeps is. moving. He just keeps moving. It's 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 pretty awesome to watch. And I think that uh, someone. While we're on Northern Illinois here, and yeah. you may you may know who I'm getting to. Mm. Someone who left uh, just the year before this. Uh, <laughs> you overrate my Northern Illinois well, knowledge. <laughs> well, let me uh, let me lay some knowledge on you okay. here. Someone who may have done it even better than Michael Hart. Uh, Michael Turner. Oh, stop it. Northern Illinois. Turner the burner. Yep. Oh yeah. Drafted 2004. Talk about thick thighs. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that guy. And I would I would venture to say that Michael Turner did not have any kind of a speed no. uh, advantage on on Mike Hart in any way, but he had very successful seasons with San Diego, yeah, and Atlanta. Atlanta. And uh, I, I he had a very successful NFL career. What an awesome back! Just again, quick tangent. Awesome backfield in San Diego there. Yeah. Oh yeah. With Thompson and him. And yeah, I and mean, I think Michael Turner's your backup. Right. Like you've got you've got a pretty solid. That was a good team. I think it was okay. Those two. You had Drew Brees. Yep. Uh, Antonio Gates. Oh. You've got Sean Merriman on the other side of the ball. Keenan McCardell. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Jammer. Great corner name, by the way. <laughs> Quentin Jammer. What a perfect corner name. It would be so disappointing <laughs> if he just played zone constantly. Yeah, just <laughs> terrible, terrible idea. I actually have, uh, so, you know, Youpers, I have a friend who is actually a giant San Diego Chargers fan. Oh, of I, course. I kid you not, it was because of this season. And he bought a Quentin Jammer jersey. Oh. And that was, I don't know that I've ever been more jealous of one of my friends. Oh, what a phenomenal Quentin Jammer. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've gone off the rails right now. Yeah, we're, we, we're decidedly we're off the rails. We're currently on Quentin Jammer. <laughs> uh, so, okay, back to my cart. One thing I noticed in a couple of these clips, uh, the dude's money around the goal line. So I know the offensive line gets great push, but he, like, launches himself up into the air. I, I did not remember this about Mike Hart. He is a great goal line jumper, which I feel is like an underrated skill, kind of. Yeah, it really is, and it comes down to that leg power again. I mean, it, you're, yeah. you're, what, 5'8", five, 5'7", five, but you can just jump over anything like, you want. That's Like a pogo stick. Yeah, it's really going to get you into some places. And you know who has done that and uh, who I don't think is going to have a very successful career after this, but uh, Danny Woodhead oh. has actually had the ability to uh, to kind of – Rocket himself in the air. He's in, in almost a, a Spud Web like fashion. Oh, big, big, big Danny Woodhead. Fan. Big Danny Woodhead. I hope he. Uh, you know what, Danny, come back healthy. We're all big Danny Woodhead fans yep. around here. And you know what? He didn't go to Northern Illinois, but he did go to a junior college in Illinois. Oh, so fun. We can, you know what? Tying can, it all in. We can attribute it to to there. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna run something past you really fast. You know, we're talking about Hart being able to jump. You know. In this day and age, you have more guys specializing in talents. So you have a, you know, you have a place kicker on the team, someone different than the field goal kicker, someone different than the punter, right? So you have specialized guys. Can we get like a high jumper on the team for just these goal line scenarios? You're telling me some dude who can jump 10 meters in the air? That's not possible. That's 30 feet. You're telling me some guy who can jump eight feet in the air? Isn't isn't an asset at this point? Yeah. You just launch yourself over. Right. And you've you've got the perfect form too. You can get the thank the you arched and you can yeah. get yourself over. You know what? We had um in fact our uh, rival team in baseball had a kid who I think his sophomore year he ran track and he was all state in I want to say the hundred meter. Was he in good hands? He was in great hands. <laughs> he was in great hands. You can Allstate, potential sponsor. Potential sponsor, Allstate, put him behind the field goals. He was one of the fastest kids I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting in this giant dispute with the track coach. Hated the track coach, didn't want to run track anymore. Goes and plays baseball on this team. The kid doesn't know how to swing a bat. He, They put him in center field. He doesn't know how to field a fly ball. But he puts the ball anywhere on the ground. He's like Willie Mays Hayes. He's getting on the base. He's getting on base, and someone says, his, his name was Steve Saranko. 
And he said, Steve, where are you going? About 90 feet. <laughs> He's getting to the base, and you know what? That's what you need. You need a specialist. He had not, He had no baseball talent whatsoever. Sure. But he was one of the fastest kids I've ever personally played with myself. Shout out to Steve. Shout out to, shout out to Steve Sorongo, wherever you are. Uh, a couple other quick hits from this game. <laughs> Great announcer commentary about Avant. They had this whole diatribe about, is it Avant or is it Avant? And they're asking him, you know, and Avant goes, I don't really care. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, it's Avant. We settled on it. Right, we'll go with that. That's the, uh, you know, that's, that's what you get when you bring... Jamal Anderson, Scott Walker together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Jamal Anderson. Yeah, well, but I was going to save this for a later segment, but we might as well talk about we this right now. Jamal Anderson taking his foray into announcing. Uh, I was not expecting this. On I do not remember this. Yeah. Not one bit. Um, you know, there's been a lot of great cameos of you know ex players announcing. Jamal Anderson uh, of Atlanta fame. Of Atlanta fame and uh, 1998 Pro Bowl selection. Yeah. As a matter of fact. And uh, I got a couple quick hits for you. Please. Uh, I'd be mad if you didn't. Any chance you know where he went to college? Oh. It's a familiar college on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh. Well, I was going to say Tennessee, but that really threw me off. I don't know now. He was a Utah Ute. Oh, it's coming all, it's all coming all together. Right, full circle. Ninety-three was his last year. Was uh-huh. drafted in ninety-four. Went to the Falcons. Uh, another fun fact: not four years after this game, he was arrested in Atlanta for snorting cocaine off the toilet bowl of a nightclub. Uh, okay, I got a lot of things wrong here. <laughs> There's a lot, I got a lot of issues with this. <laughs> It's just the Utah part, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's wrong. <laughs> All right. So that's Jamal Anderson. Dirty Bird fame. <laughs> I love bird. that Dirty Bird dance. It really gives a whole meaning, new meaning to the word. It really to the does. Term dirty Bird. Gross. You're, just, you're Dirty Bird. God. No kidding. <laughs> okay. Other quick hits from this game. And and I, I totally forgot about this until I started watching it some more. And I remember, you know, growing up, Henny did this thing that drove me crazy. It was any bad play, he would come off the field, and it looks like he's smiling. And I don't think he is. I think he's, like, wincing, or I think he's kind of just like, ah, why did I do that? Yeah. And it's weird with, like, the mouth guard and everything. He's like uh, he's like that linebacker in Waterboy. <laughs> the cross-side linebacker yes. in the Waterboy. Yes. <laughs> and it drives me batty. <laughs> uh, honestly, there's really not. Oh, it drives me so crazy. Because I watched them, of course, sail a pass over somebody's head in this game and then come off the field and smile. I'm concerned about it. Smiling. I'm yeah. doing air quotes. Smiling. It just drives me nuts. <laughs> His Chad Henney smile. Oh, oh, my goodness. And then finally, one last funny thing I saw or heard on offense of this game Kevin Grady comes in and scores a touchdown later in the game. And the. The announcer goes, and Kevin Grady, touchdown. The first of many, no doubt. It's like, oh, no man. No doubt. How wrong you are, sir. The, the five-star Saginaw High School recruit Kevin Grady. What a bad. I mean, what a flop. Uh, you know, yeah. not the first five-star running back to flop at Michigan in the last ten years. He probably won't be the last. Probably, probably not. <laughs> Pour one out for Derek Green. Pour one out for Derek Green. Pour one out for Kevin Grady. Yeah. We got to get back. Uh, we got to get back to Jamal. 
Joel Anderson. We gotta, we gotta or we're circling back. back. Okay, yeah, please. And we gotta we gotta get these five celebrations going on. Okay. We gotta run it down. We gotta run it down. And I want to hear your number five. Yes, you, yes. We're, you're you're getting treated to another gimmicky top five uh, <laughs> of top five end zone celebrations. You know, it doesn't even have to be end zone. It can be any type of any football kind of celebration. celebration. Whatsoever. I'm gonna go my number five, the the wave dance that those Rams players used to do. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? This is really in honor of the NFL kind of loosening up some of their rules this year. I've been so excited to see the players have a little emotion. Just something fun. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my number five. Frank, you're number five. As a matter of fact, uh, a few of mine on this list I think are going to be pretty recent because of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of my favorites as a uh, as a true Michigan fan, uh, Taco Charlton. Ah. Once uh, they the Cowboys defense have started doing something where oh, Taco Charlton makes a good defensive play, and then he proceeds to make tacos for his teammates. <laughs> And they line up, and they will uh, each line up in their uh, their lunch line, so to speak, and receive tacos yes. from Taco Charlton. And that, that is my number five. That's phenomenal. Number may, f- it maybe should be higher than that, but number five. Number number four for me, this is not a touchdown dance. This is a sack dance. Mm. Jeremiah Trotter wow. on the Eagles. I know, I know. Wow. Well, we, you know, we're going back on this podcast. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Jeremiah Trotter, he'd get a sack, and he would do the hatchet. He would, you know, he would take a big swing Ooh. like he was a hatchet. Mm-hmm. I always loved that. I yeah. thought that was what a what a unique way to do it. So I don't know if he was like a lumberjack in previous life. Or... Maybe he was. Maybe he was because you're bringing me right into number four, and number four is going to be Reggie White. Ooh. Because he did the grave digger, and uh, fun fact, he actually did. He dug graves before he was in uh, on the the Packers. Uh, that was a an actual job. Of his. That guy. Yeah. That guy's that guy's interesting. Up, uh, rest in peace to Reggie White. I okay, quick anecdote. And I can't I'm I'm pretty sure this was from a Mike and Mike radio bit. So another sponsor. Yes. So if it's it's from them, apologies. This like we're giving them credit. I just quick Reggie White uh, anecdote and I believe Golick was talking about this. It's a preseason game, nothing, you know, the guys aren't really the offense alignment and defense alignment aren't really playing all that hard. And one of the guys is just cussing up and down on the off the, on the offensive line. And Reggie White, you know, the minister of defense, you know, devout religious person, is having none of it. And he's telling the guy, "Hey, you need to you need to shut up. Like, you, no more of this." Basically, and the guy is still cussing up and up and down at him. So on the next play, you know, Golick or he's how he's telling it is everyone is like, "Oh, launch this," because Reggie's just pissed. And he picks up the guy and slams him to the ground and sits on him. And just starts yelling at him, like, you're never going to do this again. So, Reggie White. There you go. Fun the Reggie minister. White anecdote. <laughs> minister of defense. <laughs> okay, back to our, uh, <laughs> boy, again, way off the rails. We're a little bit off the rails here. But That's I all right. We're on uh, your number three. Number three. It's another sack dance, actually. Ah. Uh, so, giving some love to the defensive players. Sean Merriman, the turning on and off the light switch. Yeah. Sack dance, uh, which many people, the common misconception that he was injecting himself with steroids, which is reasonable because he was it's suspended. It's a reasonable assumption. It's yeah, a, yeah, he was suspended for you know. a PED, uh, you know, um, suspension. But no, it know. was the on and off light just, switch. Uh, lights out. And a uh, little fun fact, I don't know if you've seen, he has a tattoo, actually. It's a light switch, isn't it? It's a light switch, and it is also just this creepy-looking hand huh. that looks like it's neither left nor right. 
turning off the light switch. I don't like and then that. on the bottom it says lights out. I just I look it up sometime if you want to have nightmares. It's, no, I don't like. You know what? If I had known that, it wouldn't have been my number three. I, I don't like that, that at all. I believe that. In matter of fact, for the for the amount of money that he had made, and made even after he got this tattoo, one of the worst. Yeah, <laughs> I that's, think that that's, I've personally seen. It is, and it really it's not that hard maybe to draw a light switch. I'm not a tattoo artist myself, but it's a bad tattoo. It's a very bad tattoo. You would and, think uh, you could do better. Yeah, you would hope. Okay, Frank, number but, three. You know what? I like that. Uh, oh, this is my number two. Oh, I'm sorry. My uh, right? No, this yeah. is your number. This is your number three. Okay. All right, number three. Uh, I think I go. Gotta go with uh, Icky. Oh. Yeah, I gotta go with the. Um, and you know what? Icky Woods. It's a. It's a. It's a shameless plug for Geico. It was Geico. Right? It was good. The, the, uh, the cold get cuts. your cold cuts. Cold get cuts your cold today. cuts. But you know what? They did a good job, and it's a good dance. So what do you think is the deal with NFL players and um, cold-cut commercials? Because there's the Peyton cut that meat. Yeah, yep. The And uh, Brett Favre, as a matter of fact, has uh, – I, I think he may even have his own company <laughs> of uh, various salamis and – Favre Farf meats? Favre's meats. Mm. Maybe that was just a, kind of a made-up thing for an advertising company that he was doing, but uh, that was – I, I saw something about that as well. It's a it's a branch off of Wrangler. Yes. <laughs> Wrangler meats. Wrangler jeans have those meats. Have those meats. Have those jeans. All right, number two. I personally loved the Joe Horn pulling out the cell phone. Yeah. Uh, making a call. It's hard to beat. And that's you know what you can't do that anymore. That's a prop. That is a prop. And uh, that's a big no no. Yeah. Big no no. That's it. <laughs> I like that one. I, what more can you really say about no, that? No, I mean, it was pretty uh, self-explanatory. It's yeah. pretty sweet. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, going along with that kind of, uh, sort of, sort of the aggressive type of celebration, I, uh, I mean, you really can't beat Randy Moss mooning the crowd. Oh, that is good. That is good. Yeah. As a known Packer hater. Yeah. I liked it. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I I do not like the Vikings by any means, but no. it's... It, if you're gonna moon the Packers, I'm I'm behind you. Yes, more power to you. Okay, my number one. Uh, I'm not gonna say this is cheating, but from the movie Any Given Sunday, mm. they have a touchdown dance where they toss up the ball and it's a bomb and it kind of like knocks everyone over. I love that. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yep. That's great. No, that is a good one. Yeah. Uh. My number one, and I, I I'm a little embarrassed to say this because I don't necessarily I don't think I remember who it was. But uh, there was a uh, he scored the touchdown, yep. and everyone gathered around him, and he just started uh, I guess to to use the, the the parlance of our times, he started twerking ah. in the end zone, and everyone started acting like they were throwing money <laughs> on top of him, and uh, that was just I mean um, there's a couple notable twerkers. I believe Travis Kelsey did it. Okay. I believe Antonio Brown has done it. I can certainly see Rob Gronkowski doing it. Oh, I'd be mad if he hasn't, yeah, actually. I would as well. Yeah. God, I love Gronk. I would as well. Awesome. Uh, if, if, if we could deviate for a second again. It's, uh, that's, uh, hey, that's our the thing. podcast yeah. so far. Uh, deviate again. <laughs> did, did your football team in high school do, for a pep rally or anything, did you do a segment where uh, a... A section of your team were cheerleaders. 
No. And did it truly? Okay, so Decidedly maybe, not. maybe this was just a UP thing. Yeah, that sounds like but it. <laughs> for one of our rallies, we had uh, a, a select few of our football team did a cheer routine. And uh, I'm guessing you were a part of it. I was. I was of a course. part of it. And the cheer routine ended in rather a similar situation as my number one favorite touchdown dance. And it ended with me uh, pop locking and dropping it to that very song with uh, all of my, uh, essentially all of our offensive linemen Ooh. around me uh, throwing Monopoly money. <laughs> I'm not sure that was approved. Oh, it went over very well. No doubt. <laughs> went over very well. Uh, and, and I would like to say, I, I'm not sure that I have a video of it, but uh, if, if I do say so myself, I, I pop locked and dropped it very well. All in that order? Or? All in that order. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's our top five celebrations. Thank you, Jamal Anderson. Thank you, Jamal Anderson. Uh, so, all right, let's go back to the game. This is what we're, you know, this is what we're, we're, we're goofing around we're a little for. this week because it was Northern Illinois. It really wasn't all that close. Uh, but I, I will say, you know, kind of reviewing the defense, one thing that really gave me pause was Garrett Wolf shredding our defense. Yeah. And uh, without the help of really any semblance of a of a run blocking line. No. Yeah. Those I, guys he were really did it all himself. Seriously, and really any threat of a passing game. I mean, yeah. I, we we do, I, as as they say, we knew exactly what was coming. Yes. Uh, and uh, and he still kind of ran all over us. And where uh, where did he play in the NFL? He where, I, I he know play? he had a stint on the Chicago Bears for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure where else he played, but Which, and I just with his just watching him in this game, it's it's very very hard for me to think that he didn't have an incredibly successful NFL career. I mean that like great third down back. Yeah. Right. Great. I mean he's five five back, seven really. five six. I mean he's tiny, yeah. but you're not. So quick stats, real fast. Garrett Wolf, 17 attempts only, rushing for 148 yards. And one touchdown. He also had three catches for 31 yards. I mean, this guy's averaging 10 yards a carry. Uh, Which is insane, especially when you're considering uh, that he still... I mean, who are they playing season to season and he doesn't have an offensive line right. at any point? Exactly. And and as we mentioned earlier, that stellar front seven, you know, all those amazing future NFL pros. Yeah. And freaking Garrett Wolf just tearing just off big tears runs. him right apart. And it kind of... Uh, I've, if if I can bring this all like, current again, it's kind of a um, it's kind of a Saquon Barkley situation mm-hmm. because who who does Penn State really have on their offensive line? And people are talking about okay, you know, in the top five, it's Saquon Barkley, it's uh, whoever the the next in line on the throne at LSU is. Yep. Um, I, I can't remember his name. Juice, I think. Uh, Juice Williams is back. Juice no, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> his uh, his ninth year starter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yes, the Juice Williams exhausted his eligibility like three times <laughs> over at Illinois. That's what it felt like. Several times over. Yeah. But um, all of these backs that you hear about doing so well in the NCAA, they have come from, you know, Alabama or right. LSU or any, you know, any team that has just a stellar, stellar blockers in front of them. And this this guy was just doing it with nobody, really. Yeah, seriously. So he put up a bunch of yards... Uh, you know, something I noticed trend-wise, and as Michigan fans, we're not 
you know, not uh, un, unused to this is we're, we were kind of getting gashed by a couple of spread plays. Well, they had superior athletes and, and talent, but the scheme-wise, they're getting beat scheme-wise, right? And we've seen that over and over and over. And, and finally, thankfully, with Don Brown, it looks like we have a little bit of an edge in that situation. But Hopefully. Yeah. And it's still, I, I think, the situation where uh, and this happens in – Almost more in basketball, I think, but Michigan will play down to teams that are yep. worse than them. I get it. It's, they, it's probably hard to get up for Northern Illinois. Right. You're not, you know, you're not super excited for this game. It's not your. Uh, well, how are you not excited for Phil Horvath and the dynamic Northern Illinois passing game? That's all I. That's what I want to know. Of course. How could you not get up for that? Yeah. Um. A couple other main takeaways from this. I mean, really are. Either than Garrett Wolf shredding us on a couple long plays, the defense looked dominant, and that's something that we're going to see all throughout the. Thank you, Phil. So speaking, not that's not Phil Horvath. That is the dog, it's Phil. The dog, Phil. He he likes to chime in every once in a while. Appreciate it, bud. Uh, so you know, either than Garrett Wolf having some major runs, the defense looked dominant, and they they were opportunistic with turnovers. They had multiple turnovers. Uh, I I love seeing like old players that I haven't thought about in a while, and Gabe Watson, the defensive tackle, is oh, out there. Gabe Watson, dude, this guy looks like a swollen tick yeah. running yeah. around. Oh yeah, just a big blueberry in that in that blue jersey. It's super impressive. He's like shoving two guys back and forth. Um, God, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and just to have to be that size and still have that push, it's almost like a Vince Wilford situation. You're just yes, you have so much mass. Whereas most of the time you're going to be on the offensive line, you're going to be sort of an on news situation <laughs> where you're just just too big for your own good, but mm-hmm. you can stop people. Seriously. I, I can't even imagine just being that offensive lineman and having, even if Gabe Watson just decided, I'm just going to lean on you. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to exert much energy. What I'm just going to be really a mass. It was like, oh, this is exhausting, just propping <laughs> this guy up. So that was super impressive. Uh, another major thing I loved, Leon Hall had a pick in this game. All-American. Dude, he is awesome. Yeah. He was great in college. He's been great on Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Just, like, phenomenal. Right, so we lost Marlon Jackson heading into this year, and arguably Marlon Jackson was one of the best secondary players recently. But Leon Hall, God, he's, oh, dude. He's been good. I don't think he has a team this year, but just last year he was on the Giants. Still playing. And that's like an amazing. I mean, that's 10, 10 plus years yeah. in the NFL. Then that's a long time, especially for a skill position for a like skill that. Position, and especially for a cornerback. I mean, you're you're looking at. Uh, I mean, there's not many cornerbacks that do that. No, 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 no. I mean, once you hit that kind of physical wall, it drops off super quick. Yeah, for sure. Okay, any other major takeaways from the defense? I don't know. They look dominant, right? It's Northern Illinois. Yeah. Garrett Wolf, a couple of. Uh, uh, the I mean, the entire defensive line. Looked looked incredibly dominant. Yeah. Although, you know, once 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 Garrett Wolf got biased, it it wasn't wasn't pretty. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, some of uh, Northern Illinois' passing uh, stats here. Phil Horvath. Phil Horvath. Phil Horvath. <laughs> Phil Horvath. Uh, 17 of 25 for 200 yards and an interception. So nothing super stellar there. It's actually better than I thought. Yeah, Watching honestly. the highlights, I think uh, it's, it's better than I thought he would do. I, I happen to agree with you. I I would have expected under 150 yards probably yeah. from this game. Absolutely. Okay, and then into the third aspect of the game, special teams. 
I was so excited to see Garrett Rivas out there kicking kicks for Michigan. I forgot yeah. how much that portly little fellow. Oh, man. I love him. He was great. Uh, so he had an extra point blocked in this game. Which, there were a couple of kicks blocked in this there game. There were a couple of kicks, yes. I, I don't understand how you get an extra kick blocked. Yeah, that's that's one that's going to baffle me, I think, <laughs> for a while. I mean, it's like... I'm not going to understand that. He must but. have booted it two yards above. You know, I mean, yeah. it must have been a freaking line drive for yeah. him to get blocked. Cause. I just, you know, he's got those stubby little legs. Yes. <laughs> it's hard to, uh, yes. it's hard to get going. Um, I, one wish for Garrett Rivas was kind of he had added like another 20 or 30 pounds in the okay. offseason and just kind of embraced that fat kicker. Sort of uh, went the, the Julie, Joey Julius yes, route. Yes, without the like upsetting you know, side stories with it. Yeah. Just kind of just like, hey, uh, no, I, um, I had a bunch of like Big Ten burrito in the offseason. Yeah. I went to Rick's a bunch, and yeah. I just packed on 30 pounds. I just had a good time, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to get some meat behind my legs, just my kicks here. Just a little meat behind the kicks. Yeah. And uh, who was that? Uh, the Ravens kicker Hartley. He was a, he was a big. Guy he was too. a portly fellow. Yeah. Would you consider Janikowski to be portly? Uh, he's getting there. Yeah, he definitely I think is. He's, he, he's no uh, he's no Matt Prater. No. I think we've, uh, <laughs> it's here in Detroit. We've got our own portly fellow, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's not even necessarily his whole body. Where I think the kickers we were talking about previously were just big Round. fellows, but uh, he. Prater, it, it just the belly itself is just very impressive. Yeah, his belly and his swollen face. Yeah. Yes. The is. dude can kick field goals. I'm he not going to knock him for that. Goals. You can't knock him for that, but no. you just you stuff those chubby cheeks into a football helmet and he'll kick 56-yard field goals all day. Seriously. Uh, other quick hits on special teams. They recovered a muff punt uh, in this in this game. That always cracks. I have a note here. Yeah. Muff punt sounds like a semi-dirty <laughs> sounding play. The muff punt. It always cracks me up when the Just announcers go. Threw it up. And that defensive tackle got such deep penetration. Yeah, deep penetration in this muff punt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got a whole new meaning after Michigan State. Oh. Just not. Too soon. Well, I just have a hard time laughing at it now. Yeah. Okay. Still, still haunts me. And that's the special teams. Um, another, again, another dominating performance by Michigan. They start out the season 1-0, 33-17 over Northern Illinois. Up next, we'll kind of do a quick look ahead for the rest of the season. And next week on the pod, we're going to look at Notre Dame at Michigan, September 10th, 2005, a 12 p.m. kickoff. Frank, any initial reactions before we really look into the game footage and all that? Well, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, Notre Dame was actually coming off a good win against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, and it was a pretty tough Pittsburgh team, as a matter of fact. They, uh, Is this a Fitzgerald team? Did they have Larry Fitzgerald that year? Uh, I'm not sure, as a matter of fact. they. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. They had their head coach, Dave Wanstead. Oh, classic. Yeah. So uh, they had a real play caller in him, no doubt, uh, no Miami doubt. Dolphins. Uh, I, I don't even really know what he did with them. Oh, he's the head coach. He was the was head he? coach. Was yep. he really? Wow. And now he's still announcing. Well, that mustache is still patrolling. Congratulations to you, Dave. Mm-hmm. I, I'm proud of you. But you know what? That was a tough road game in Pittsburgh for Notre Dame. First game of the season, and uh, they did well. As a matter of fact, they, uh, they doubled their points. Well, how about that? So anyways, next week we will we will go over 
the second week in college football season and the Notre Dame-Michigan game. Thanks for sticking with us. Again, thank you to our sponsors or potential sponsors, Atwater Brewery and Saugatuck Brew Co. And thank you to our real sponsor, Peak Aerial Imaging. If you need images done for real estate Check or out. websites, Peak Aerial Imaging. Check them out. They got you. They got it. Thanks again. Bye-bye.